that make you laugh, shows that make you think, music that moves you. It could only be one place. Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. Animal Magnetism, exploring animal care for creatures great and small, conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UBN Radio. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Give it up for... Los animales. Give it up for the animals. Welcome, listeners, once again to Animal Magnetism. I am your preservationist and conservationist host, Carolyn Hennessy, here again with my fabulous BFF and producer, writer on General Hospital, but yet she finds time to come on and produce and co-host this show, Andrea Compton, all the way from... We, hello, hello, darling. This is, uh, is going to be a very, very interesting show for you particularly, and our listeners will find out why in just a moment. Uh, a- an astonishing, a- incredibly accomplished guest today, Dr. Linda Bender. Uh, animal, uh, animal spiritualist, intuitive, author, uh, clinic founder, world traveler, animal advocate extraordinaire, and we welcome you onto the show. Linda, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, it's my pleasure. Thank now, you for having uh, me. Before we get uh, into really an, an in-depth discussion with you about your deep, deep lifelong connection to animals and how we can all have that, I have yes. a great, great pleasure that doesn't involve either of you two. <laughs> Instead, uh-huh. it involves a brand new sponsor, and I, I could not be more thrilled. What I'm really thrilled about, Andrea and Linda, yes. is is actually the fact that you're not in the studio today, which means <laughs> which means that this entire box of <laughs> of Nina chocolate is mine. Oh, okay. If I decide perhaps not to share it with Tony, oh, this oh, oh. I this this is our brand new sponsor for for Animal Magnetism. I have so many notes on this. I met these guys, these the producers, in-house artisanal handcrafted truffles at the Beastly Ball, which is the Los Angeles Zoo's big, big, big event every year. And they, this particular booth was positioned very close to the orangutan habitat. And I thought, well, why? Why would you put the chocolate, this incredible chocolate, all the way back up there? Because in addition to everything else that they do and don't do with regard to their chocolates. They have no palm oils whatsoever in their chocolates. So it was a lesson oh, on wow. it was a lesson on rainforest preservation, on orangutan habitat preservation. These are the healthiest, most delicious gourmet chocolates on planet Earth, probably. If 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 you've if you've asked for my money in in the in the, in the universe, and it's it's Nina, but it's spelled H N I N A, and. They were donating all of this chocolate for the event, and I just kept hanging around because I'd never tasted anything like it. Um, they, uh, they use su- sustainable ingredients. They are doing, in fact, their packaging, all of their packaging is not only recyclable, it's compostable. It's com- yes, in fact, I'm just letting, you know what, while, I, mm. while I'm talking, I'm simply going to or open one. Tony, would you like, a, would you like one of these truffles? No, I'll no, take oh, two. No, no, you'll take two? <laughs> no, sorry, slap oh, your sorry. hand, slap okay. your hand. Okay, try, try one of these. They're insane organic truffles made of raw cacao, sprouted nuts or seeds, just a bit of raw honey, pure maple, and pure vanilla. That's it. No other ingredients or additives. No emulsifiers, waxes, refined sugar, dairy. Hello, vegan. They're vegan. Coloring, nothing. Just pure, clean, pristine, amazingly nutritious ingredients. They are perfectly light, sweet, not over-sugary, unhealthy chocolate. They are the antithesis of that. The texture is amazing. Again, they use honey. They use, uh, they, they use raw honey. Uh, and here, again, it's like, it's like it's now 11. <laughs> <laughs> but look at this box of truffles. In fact, I'm going to take one out and just show it to you because... It's, they are it's, yummy. It, aren't, aren't, they, aren't they amazing? It's like nothing you've ever tasted. I will not uh, pop one into my mouth now because I would not be able to talk. 
Um, they've got pecan and pine nut. There are there's a there's a truffle with seeds with, with seeds which contain flax, sesame, pumpkin, and sunflower seeds. Almond, hazelnut, macadamia, pistachio. There are like seven different nut combinations. They pair amazingly well with wine, coffee, tea, a tuna sandwich, water, <laughs> cognac. You you name it. You name it. Uh, no other company has sprouted seeds. And and raw chocolate and, and only only Nina and for them it's about being the best. There's no cutting corners, nothing. The quality is simply unmatched. Now, here's the thing. I'm gonna be. I'm I'm always as as, as Andrea will tell anybody. I'm always incredibly honest with my listeners. It's not like buying a Snickers bar. Okay, it's just, it's just not. They the care, the attention that goes into these truffles that you will taste immediately, taste and actually feel on your tongue in your mouth. It's it's these are not they're not inexpensive. They're not cheap. But if you want to have that amazing chocolate flavor and do and know that you're doing something actually healthy for your body, this is where you want to go. And they're giving a twenty percent discount to my listeners. Mm-hmm. So grab a pen. Animal, all caps. Animal twenty. A N I M A L two zero. Animal twenty at Hina Gourmet. H N I N A G O U R M E T dot com. Hina Gourmet dot com. Type in. Animal 20, and you will get 20% off of your order. And you want to order the rocks, the boulders. That's what, that's what they come in. These are, these, are, these are known as rocks. Rocks. They're very exciting. So welcome, Nina Gourmet. Thank you so much <laughs> for the chocolate. And thank you so much for being so concerned about our planet, about sustainability, organic, raw, vegan, and healthy. And, so speak, and speaking of being concerned about the planet, once again, welcome to Dr. Linda Bender. Thank you so much for being here. I am going to read a little bit about you. This is the short bio <laughs> because, okay. because the long Good. bio the long bio, <laughs> the long bio would take about three shows, and that would just be me oh. talking and not even no, seriously. Dr. Linda Bender, DVM, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, has worked for over 14 years as a doctor of veterinarian medicine around the world to rescue wildlife while advocating for endangered species and their habitats. God bless you. She also started one of the first pet therapy programs in Cincinnati. She is a founder of the nonprofit charity From the Heart and is the author of the best-selling... Uh, wait a minute. I think it... What, what's the award? It won the Gold Medal Award... It won yeah, a, it 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 uh, recently won. Yeah, the gold won an medal award. award I the, was delighted. In the, yeah, I, well, yeah. congratulations, kudo, and well, well deserved. Animal wisdom. Thank you. Learning from the spiritual lives of animals. Her work has been endorsed by Dr. Jane Goodall, no less. Deepak Chopra, no less, and me. No less. And many, <laughs> many more. And she has also been featured in the Huffington Post, Natural Health, Spirituality and Health magazines. And she can be found at www.lindabender, one word, lindabender.org. And we will have all the connections to get to you on our uh, animal, animal magnetism site. So, Linda, <laughs> Andrea, Andrea starts off always with the first question, which I think is maybe one of the most important because it, it really grounds our guests in in the the how and the why. So, Andrea, take it away. Dr. Bender, what was that first animal encounter that you can remember that bonded you and made you realize, okay, this is my path, this is my journey, this is what I'm mm. destined to do? Mm. Mm. Yes, I was asked that question some time ago, <clears throat> and to my surprise, I could not come up with a specific time, a specific animal or experience. I, I wrapped my brain. I had no answer for this woman. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I was very young and came up with one story um, because I actually found it fascinating that I could not remember a time before I was so deeply connected to animals. But this one little story, and it actually opens the book about a tiny bunny that uh, awakened me. I was just a little girl and my family in the middle of the night in our backyard and my parents got a flashlight and we ran out to rescue this little furry creature. Mom was gone and it had something like a near-death experience. It was quivering and I took that little bunny in the house and said, I'm going to stay up the rest of the night and just hold this little being. And I did. And during that encounter of holding that little bunny up to my chest 
letting her feel my heartbeat and my breath, there was an immense wave of love that is really inexplicable, but it just overcame me, and it overcame the bunny. And it was a profound, what I would call now, a oneness experience of this greater force of love that we all are intertwined with when we allow it to enter us. And that is truly uh, something that has never left me. You do two amazing things. You blend your intuition, your absolute certainty that we are all connected. And by the way, I have that as well. Andrea has that, I know. Mm. That, that, that the rocks, the trees, the rivers, the humans, the animals, it's all oneness, just simple, simply, you know, perhaps vibrating at, at different frequencies. But you knew from, from uh, at a very early age that this bunny had had a near-death experience. It wasn't just sort of frightened by something or that it had been abandoned. So you were able to sort of tap into this bunny's consciousness. And it's, yes. and it's spiritual consciousness, yes. even at, a, even at an, an, at a, at an yes. early age. And that's what your book is all about. The lessons, yes. first of all, A, that animals are not simply sentient, that they're not just, you know, sort of awakened alive and kind of running around, but they actually have sometimes the deepest of souls, uh, higher, highly yes. elevated consciousnesses. So, so let's talk about that. And, yes. you, you know, please go, because your book, the things in your book that I find fascinating, <laughs> it says, what can you get from this book? How to face death without fear. And you learn that from animals. How to relax into the yes. mysteries of existence. Again, learning from animals. How to live from the heart and the power of love, universal love. How to have more, more fun and joy. Now, Animal Wisdom offers, and these are three amazing things. I want to I take them apart piece by piece. Cutting-edge research on the unexplained powers of animals. 18 step-by-step -step practical ways to enable readers to hone their natural intuitive abilities and engage in interspecies communication. We, we can all become, uh, f to be trite, and for lack of a better word, Dr. Doolittle. And, and how, and how <laughs> to care for the earth. Practical tips for what you can do to make a difference today. All right, so... Cutting-edge research on the unexplained powers of animals. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I tapped into that world as a little girl, so I lived it. And animals live in a consciousness that is more closely aligned and connected to source. We all are. It's just that in our Western culture, we have this um, deluded ourselves into thinking that we are somehow separate. So that includes intuition. And animals, you know, humans are really the only species we've kind of divorced ourselves from our, our intuition our gut instincts, you know, we, we, we are talking more about that now, but we have kind of divorced ourselves well, from it. Well, that's the reason why so many women make horrible choices with boyfriends. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Well, it, and, and, and that's fascinating because we get the intuitive hits. It's there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah but absolutely. we choose to ignore it, you know, and I think that, yeah, dating and all that, you know, matters of the heart. It's a beautiful example because it's there and we tend to not believe it. And so that intuitive connection is something that we can really remind ourselves of when we go out into nature, when we connect again with our, with our dog and our cat. Right. It's there. We just have to tap into it again. What are the ways... And remember... Go ahead. Oh, no, oh, go I, ahead. Oh, oh, I was going to say, what, what, are, what are, are, there, are there tangible ways that you have found... Yeah, you you have it innate in you this uh, this ability to connect to communicate to understand animals. For those of my listeners and and me to a certain extent, even though I like to think that I am very very connected to the animals that I come into contact with, yes, certainly my pets. Um, what are there are there tangible steps that we can take how to become more communicative, understanding, and simply in connection with the animals around us? Absolutely, and I teach uh, I teach uh, workshops on this. But interestingly enough, I teach only from my own life experience. And what I have come to believe that 
again, as humans, we try to separate everything. We even put into categorize um, how, well, I'm going to connect with this animal or now I'm going to connect with that tree or I'm going to think about that bird. Well, I like to come at it from a very different place and that place is from going inside of ourselves first. So where we need to go is to get out of our minds, which is very difficult, by the way, and go inside to where we, our souls and our spirits and our hearts communicate. That's where we go first. And it isn't just a connection with one being. It's the connectedness we share with all life, all life. Um, um, all soul. And so when we start inward from that place, we then wake up to what the great mystical teachers have taught for millennia. It's about tapping into other levels of consciousness. And that's when we can communicate with all life. So that's where I take people. I take people through exercises of opening up inside our own hearts and then opening to whatever is out in front of us in the moment. But it's connecting to all life. That's a tremendous it's, task. It's, 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 it's actually I, simple. Well, it's, it's, we make it too hard. Well, of course, <laughs> we do, because, because we, we carry on our hearts, on our souls, scars from parenting, yes. bad parenting, horrible childhoods, adolescent scars, peer yes. pressure, cruelty, that kind of thing. And so few People, I think, comparatively, I think, percentage-wise on the planet, uh-huh. ever kind of, you'd ever sort of deal with that and kind of, and take that right. apart. And so it's, it's scary to go inside to ourselves first and go, oh my gosh, it's a swamp, it's a morass, it's the bayou in there. I, I, there are alligators crawling around. Right. You know, it's, it's, but, but again, that is the, that is the grand illusion because... In actual fact, our only safety, our only safe place in this life is to go inward. And and uh, there's a there's a quote I think in my book. It says something like, you know, when love cracks us open, yeah. leaving us more vulnerable than we think we can stand, the temptation to shut down, to lock up our hearts and throw away the key is fierce. But that is our greatest opportunity to open to the depths, the unfathomable depths of what experiencing love in this life really is about. And it is all about great joy and gratitude and compassion. The lessons that animals have to teach us, I think, are in so many ways far superior. Far superior. Yes. They are, you know, we, again, yes. we, are, we are the only species that hunts for sport. We, we are the only species that tortures. Uh, and, and, and those lessons that we can learn if if. if they, if it were to, to seep into the global consciousness so, so much, <laughs> well, we wouldn't need politicians anymore or probably doctors. So it's as simple as, right. as, simple as that. Right. We, we would have each other. But, yeah, so, you know, there, there's so many ways we can go with animals as teacher, but teachers, but I really believe that we get too caught up in our heads and our minds when we think, oh my gosh, how do I communicate with other beings? Well, it's, it's actually simpler than, than we think. And another thing I always tell people to do is meditation and prayer and a daily practice first thing in the morning. You know, if we get up in the morning and we turn on the radio and the news and we tap immediately into all the stuff, the garbage, the sensationalism that's going on in the world, we're lost. You know, but if we start out every morning with even five minutes of going into a quiet space, tapping into, oh, yeah, this is who I am on the inside. This is my heart. This is where our great strength comes from. And it carries us through the day and it helps us. It helps us tune in more to what's really going on. Well, coming coming out of. Of, of a hopefully deep and restful sleep and then immediately meditating while conscious. I mean, you know, we're, yes. we're, 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 we're that much closer to, to spirit. We're that much closer to, to the oneness after we've come out of sleep exactly. as opposed to, you know, getting up and That's right. like I did this morning, uh, make sure the dogs have their treats, make sure the dogs are fed, the cats are fed, everyone's watered, everyone's good, good, good. And then, and then, and by that point, you know, you're, you're into the day. 
So uh, I, yes. I, I, I wholeheartedly. How can animals? Can how can animals? In in addition to spiritual health, can they make us physically healthier? Oh, absolutely! How? And there's just an immense amount of information on that. I have a whole chapter on that. Yes, and that's where you know science is so helpful because I'm, you know, I love science and I am a science background. I'm a science person, but you're I'm a, also very doctor. much a spiritual person. <laughs> Yes, and so, but I have never found um, a problem between combining the two. They they gel, blend beautifully for me. But if you look at all the statistics, you know how how just the touch, actually a cat's purr is the number one uh, way to increase you know what's going on in your boost your immune system. You know, uh, I know spending I didn't time know with that. a dog. I mean, all these things create create health and wellness and homeostasis. The body seeks balance and homeostasis. Animals are perfect for that. Well, the, um, the American Humane Association, which I am now a new, a new ambassador for the American Humane Association, has a wonderful program of uh, returning military dogs home, A, from Afghanistan, but also partnering them up with yes. soldiers in need and service dogs of, of that caliber, service dogs, period, service animals, period, um, Yes, but they are truly helping with the psychological, you know, the the the, yes. the affects of post traumatic stress disorder. Um, Huge, it's, yes, it's, it's, and it's, with it's children too, yeah. where all the the violence in the world, pairing children, PTSD children with animals is is. I mean, it's huge. It's immense. There are, it's brilliant. There are programs in prisons to pair um, yes. inmates with dogs. There are programs at uh, at at elder care elder care facilities, and you bring yes. in. And it and it seems you know it's not only working on a psychological basis, but you see these these individuals sort of in their golden years, if you will, um, kind of revived and perked up and they are their attention is you know their their brains are stimulated when they see this. This beautiful animal, cat, dog, mm-hmm. you name it, mm-hmm. in, in, mm-hmm. in front of them. Yeah. Yes, and their hearts are stimulated. And this is why I say that this communication is really not about what I'm doing for the animal. It's who the animal and I are being together. And, and it's opening of the heart. To, uh, I've listened to some uh, statements from women in prisons. Most women are in prisons because they've made really bad choices, not because they're immensely bad people. Mm-hmm. And these women in particular have said, oh, my God, I have felt love for the first time in my life. There is just that immediate heart-to-heart blossoming that will give someone a a completely uh, new lease on life. I think the animal sacrifice for humans on this planet is is possibly greater than Christ's. I just, I have to yes. say that, and that just occurred to me, yes. because what they do and so I, but, selflessly. Yes, it's very, very important, though, to remind people, because every now and then I hear people say, oh, well, you know, my dog is here to take on my stress or, you know, disease process or whatever, and I want to say, yes, animals, particularly dogs, love us so much that they will take on our, our issues, but I have... I actually got a, a very stern talking to once in the middle of the of the night by animals that said, "Please tell people that we love you so much. We will take on what you uh, you know need to share with us, but we our purpose is not to take on your baggage. Our purpose is to be with you and help you and love you and guide you, but not to take on your." your illnesses. So, so we much, need to keep that in mind. So much more evolved than humans on so many, many levels. Um, mm. Speaking of stress, there's uh, there are portions of your book that deal with animals and grief. And I'm going to let Andrea take over because uh, Andrea, Andrea needs this right mm-hmm. now. So yes. Andrea, go. So on May 31st, we said goodbye our boy Bubba he was a 13 year old child and I will say it was the right decision to do at that time oh it's okay baby it's still very fresh for me because the last Mm. I would say seven months of his life um he was we had he was a really healthy senior until he punctured his paw 
and it was on October 16th. He punctured his paw. He had, had to have immediate surgery the following day to get it cleaned up. And it was, it was like, it's like what happens with our elderly when they break their hips. It's very difficult yes. to come back from. Yes. And right. that's what happened. We became incontinent. Um, we had other issues. And and I was his primary caregiver. And, and the, sh the walks got shorter. It was harder to get up each day. We got to the point where we only lived on the main level of our house. Because I didn't want him falling down the stairs and breaking his neck. Because all he wanted to do was come upstairs and be with us. Mm. So... We finally made the decision, and we spent the day with him. We took him outside and laid in the sun, and uh, we decided to do an in-house, in-home uh, euthanasia, yeah. which I wasn't sure yeah. if I could do that. And now knowing, now having done it, I realized that was the best thing for me. It was very hard for my husband. He had never been through one. I had been through one before with his cat. Uh, he couldn't handle that one. I, I was there with the cat at the vet when that one happened a few years ago. Um, but Bubba was very, was my boy. And, uh, and every day I still cry. <laughs> my life is different now. And it's hard sometimes to move forward. Just a few weeks ago I was out. Uh, I was out in a, at a local town event. And there were dogs everywhere. And all I wanted to do was go home. Because mm. it was just so hard to see so many happy people. And knowing in my heart, it still hurts so bad after losing mm -hmm. my old man. And I had had my old man since he was about a year and a half, two years old. He was a Katrina survivor. So I knew he had already gone through a rough life. But... I, I know in my I know in my head I did the best I could for him, and I and I took mm -hmm. care of him the best way I could. So for me, I guess what I'm looking for, what I I guess my question is, is uh, trying to move forward. I mean, do you ever really get over a loss like this? And, and in my head, logically, I know time helps. I do know that. Um, but I don't know. My heart doesn't know yet. So I don't know if it's possible. Yes. Um, you know, I hear so many people saying this, and this is, this is what we are supposed to do. You know, we live in a culture that is ill of death. Um, you know, it's a shame. We try to stuff it under the rug, not think about death and dying. But, it, you know, let's face it, none of us gets out of here alive. And we also live in a society that emotional, emotional longing and emotional loneliness are epidemic. And so the love that we have for our companion animals is as rich and as deep as any relationship and when we lose that precious being although it is only in the physical sense it's huge um, I had my cat Lindsay for 18 years I adopted him when I was living in West Africa I rescued him he had a little milk can on his head and just the two of us together for 18 years and he went through men, life situations, jobs, and he was my soulmate for 18 years. And when he died in my arms 18 years down the road, that death was so such a tragic loss to me. It cracked me open to the depths of life that nothing else had ever before done. And, you know, being a veterinarian, many animals had died in my arms and in many circumstances. But I had committed to loving Lindsay more than any other being I'd ever known. And the heartache when he left was to the absolute core of me. And St. Teresa of Avila once said that 
she called this heartbreak the beautiful wound. The beautiful wound. And I think that that is so rich because it's the kind of pain that connects us to our very source, the source of all life. And, and if we allow it, it, it allows us to surrender to the heartbreak rather than fight against it. And so allowing ourselves to experience the depth of that grief and pain is part, actually, although it's hard to imagine right now, it is part of the healing process. You know, again, we look at death as a medical failure in our society. Um, It is not. It is that natural process. And, you know, when we go into this move on, quote, mentality in our culture, it strips us from the opportunity to experience that deep compassion and understanding of the greater meaning of life. Grief is a natural response to the shattering of a foundation in our life. And people talk about, you know, the classical stages of grief, the denial, anger, what is it, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And I believe that we go through those different phases, not necessarily in order, not necessarily with the same intensity. Um, Someone once described that grief process as like... um, being immersed in the water and the waves pounding on us, you know, and um, something, yeah, just coming in waves and and like a shipwreck, perhaps, you feel at one moment like you're drowning and, and, and it's just a wreckage all around you and you can't imagine ever being out of it. But the waves change, you know, Perhaps one day they're 100 feet tall, insurmountable, but then maybe 60%, 60 feet tall. And, you know, they'll crash over us without mercy, but then we are stilled from time to time. It is a total process. But I believe going through the grief process is one of the things that gives us a rich life because when we grieve deeply, it means that we have loved deeply. And love is the essence of this life. So, so true. There's a, there's a, uh, you, you said something very, very interesting, Dr. Bender to, to Andrea, that, that Bubba is gone physically, but my, my bet, if I'm going to lay money on this, I would bet that Bubba is still, very close to you, Andrea. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's, a, there's an interesting theory uh, regarding reincarnation, if, if you tend to go that way, which I do, uh, that souls in, in our physical... The, the souls travel in packs. They reincarnate in... That they travel together. They can shoot off, you know, mm-hmm. one or two like, like ions. But basically, the contracts that you make for, for any particular physical life, you've, you've, you're working things out with people that you've, or souls that you've kind of been around with before. Um, yes. And I, it just struck me, because I've always attributed it to human souls, but mm-hmm. I would venture to say that we come back with our animals, too, and sometimes... Oh, sure. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. That's really you fascinating. Know, on, um, on the cover of my book is my dog, Pepper, and Pepper, my life was imploding quite a bit when I was writing my book, you know, as you know, usually happens. And, yes, I do. <laughs> um, Pe- Pepper, Pepper was by my side the entire time, and I and he was 15, and he became chronically ill, and he was going downhill. And I looked at him one day, and I said, "You cannot leave me. I cannot do. I cannot finish this book without you. Please don't leave me now." And a week after I finished the book, I sent it to my publisher who was waiting for it and I held up the pack well I held up the package to mail it to the publisher and I looked at Pepper and I said we did it we did it a week later he died in my arms and I know for a fact it was a it was a year later and my daughter said mom you know you need another dog you need it and I said well I'm traveling I don't know what to do I looked around for a variety nothing worked out and I said, oh, maybe it's just not going to happen. Well, out of the blue, I received a text, a photo text from a person I hadn't heard from in years. And the text was a photo of Pepper, <laughs> a full body of Pepper staring at me. And I suddenly got this 
this just, no, uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> just hang in there, Mama. I'm sending you someone great. No, I swear great. to you, it's true. And a month later, this little pup just landed in my lap. I mean, uh, it, these things happen when we pay attention. You know, there's a again another a, a theory that that when you, one loses physically, when one loses an animal, one could should uh, it, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a viable thought that that you should get another animal as quickly as you can because your 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 first animal your beloved animal has passed on to make room for another animal in your heart because they, again there are so many they overpopulate the animal overpopulation and uh, i maybe one correlates with the other maybe it doesn't but to make room for another mm-hmm. animal in your heart what do you think about that for andrea or andrea what do you what are your thoughts on that do you want to get another dog right away because well, I, it's funny you say that because Jason, my husband, I think if if I said yes, he'd go to the pound tomorrow and get a dog. I have said I need at least a year because mm. it was okay. so intense this last the last months. I mean, every few hours there was a diaper change. There was there was medication. There was there was I had to at least get his body moving for a few feet if if just that. Um, you know, he had weekly massages he had laser treatments he had i mean i i was trying everything and anything to make him comfortable yes and it and i just don't know if i'm ready to go through that again you know mm. and I, I i think that's really really important because again as i was saying before about the grief process it's really different for everyone and i think that you must honor you must honor that process that to to force to force um a, a new little being on you, it, it really isn't fair to anyone that it happens and it will happen uh, when, when the time is right. right. And I think it's just, I also want to say how much I am touched and honored to hear how caring and loving you were to your dog. And it just, it just uh, opens my heart so deeply to hear when people are giving back the the care and the love that animals so so willingly give to us. I just want to say thank you for what you did for your beautiful friend thank at you. the end of their life. Thank you, and and I know I know he's in a better place, and I and I and I do keep repeating that to myself, and I was just telling Carolyn that my sister-in-law and her husband will be moving in with us shortly when they start renovating their house and they have two laps. We have a family portrait of Bubba and his two cousins in our house. And uh, so I'm really excited that I'll have their companionship with me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they're eight and 10 and they're as sweet as anything can be. And I just know that was the right thing for them to do to move in with, they're going to move in with us and to have their dogs here mm. before they renovate. So at least I'll have, I'll have that along with my cats, but I'll have a, you know, a very familiar companionship. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to help a lot. <laughs> I know it's going to help Oh, I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I really do. Because you'll have that loving animal energy there. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Linda Bender's book, Animal Wisdom, Learning from the Spiritual Lives of Animals. Get it. Read it. Um, again, you can probably purchase it uh, via her website, which is uh, lindabender.org, www.lindabender.org. Go there. Um, a, book, a, a book of true expansion for humans because the animals are expanded enough. Believe me, far more expanded than we are. Um, let's let's uh, change gears for just a moment. Um, from the heart, your nonprofit. Uh, let's talk about yes. that for a moment. I'm going to read the mission statement of From the Heart, recognizing that all creatures have lives of meaning and purpose. This is one, by the way, one of the most beautiful mission mission statements I've ever read. Recognizing that all oh, creatures okay. have lives of meaning and purpose. From the Heart provides support for animals in need and strives to help people understand the natural connection between humans and animals and the mutual need to protect the earth that we share. 
From the Heart focuses on three areas of need. The urgent need to help our most beloved wildlife species, elephants, rhinos, and many, many more, pushed to the brink of extinction due to poaching, habitat loss, human ignorance, and greed. I'm putting a capital G on that. Once they are gone, they will never return. That is very true. Homeless and unwanted companion animals in the United States, number the number one cause of death in healthy dogs and cats under two years of age is euthanasia. Thanks, PETA. Over 3.5 million adoptable innocent animals are, are killed every year. That PETA comment, by the way, is not in the statement. <laughs> that was mine. Um, number, three, <laughs> number three, educational programs, courses, and workshops around the world. People will protect. This is, this is, by the way, this next sentence is the mantra for this show. People will protect and preserve yes. what they understand and love. And to take it just a little further, what, they, yes. what they've seen, what they've smelled, what they've heard, what they've bonded with. You do not protect what you don't care about. And, and right. so, so this is, so let's talk about from the heart. What's new? What's exciting? What are you doing? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it never stops. Um, and again, edu- I focus so much on education. And people come to me all the time and say, I'm just one person. You know, I can't do anything. We are all doing something. Every decision that we make every day out in the world, in our personal lives, we are making a difference. What we need to focus on is what kind of a difference are we making. And, you know, if I thought about, well, you know, am I going to rescue the elephants from extinction, um, I would I would crumble and fall down and say I can't go on. But every single one of us can do what we can. And it's not the time to look to one person as a leader. It's time for every single person. It's the age of the choir. I think Marian Williamson says that. It's a time for every one of us to pitch in and do our part. So education is huge because, as we said, when you know, when there's a problem, you see something and it's breaking your heart, then you dive in and you work on it. So I help people come up with ways that they can make a difference in a way they want to with animals. And with the wildlife, actually I've been invited to, um, I'm going to be going to uh, Singapore to speak to Chinese people in, in January. I'm going to be going there and lecturing on, you know, understanding how we really need to protect wildlife. And so I'm very excited about that. Will you, um, will you be speaking at all, just, just even hitting on the Yulin Dog Meat Festival? Will you be talking about um, that? You know what? It's, it's going to be an experiment with what comes up because there's so much, sure. Sure. you know, it's, it's, um, there's so much, but again, it's sometimes I say when I want people to really, really pay attention and listen to what I'm saying, I don't shout, I whisper. Yes, of course. That's, that's the best way. <laughs> um, they have, they have so to it's have, it's beginning the conversation. You know, there are, there are people in China where there is a huge market for um, animal body parts, particular, uh, you know, elephant tusks, Rhino horn, tiger penis, They yes. think that elephants, they just don't know. They think that elephants shed tusks. They, it's true, you know, they do. It's, in, 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 the, in the Orient, in Asia, in Southeast Asia, in the Philippines, uh-huh. they think they just drop them. Yeah, right. So, so there's a lot that can be done. You know, there are three. There are three things. Of course, you have to watch your. You have to guard borders. You have to uh, protect the animals. And and the you know the third component is education. So that's that's how you stop um, uh, the extinction of these. You know, these and you're, beautiful beings. you're very involved with. Uh, education on on perimeter towns, like for instance, s- towns, villages, uh, townships surrounding um, preserves, and and sure. edu- educating yeah. those edu- educating those children, educating the next generation to be on the lookout for poachers, yes. and and because yes. educa- education is key, education and, and economics are uh-huh. both key. Yes, yeah, because there's this you know it isn't just poaching; it's you know we're so many people. That we are just in, we've just taken over the um, the large land mammals terrain, and so there's there are conflicts. There's no more wild. Borders. There's no more wild. Right. right, and so you know there's this conflict because now we have the you know the the, the herd animals, 
And so, again, it's education, how we protect everybody, like cheetahs, for example. Um, cheetahs are, um, are having big issues. Well, in Namibia, there's a fabulous program, and instead of um, one way of resolving the conflict is they're bringing dogs in to guard the, the, the herd animals so the cheetahs stay away, so the cheetahs don't, you know, ah. aren't coming in to kill. Yeah, so there, there are many ways to deal with these issues successfully, and it's, it's you know, it's teaching people how to get along. It's, you know, get along. How, get, how, yes, yes, yeah. get along with animals, connect with animals, but con- tangentially with that, what we were just talking about is conserving and preserving the planet. And you've got, you've got concrete ways in your book... Uh, and uh-huh. I'm sure in your workshops. So can you just toss out a couple of the ways that humans can make a difference on the planet? Just just small ways, things, because, again, when we say, <laughs> and Andrea knows this because I came back from uh, filming a documentary on uh, elephant uh, preservation, po- positive reinforcement training in Thailand and Cambodia, and was decimated. I mean, the the, the wonders that I saw, but also the horror that I saw. And... And and hence was born this radio show, and hence was born this, and and, yes. it, and it spurred me onward, onward, onward. But for the individual who is just maybe it's like you know what I can't deal with animals. I can't. I can barely deal with getting up in the morning. How am I going to save the planet for both myself and the animals? What just a couple of small little things that that they can do every day that cost nothing that mean everything. Well. I think that it, most of us are traveling in cars, you know, every day, and uh, or we're walking, or we're out and about. Well, we can pay attention <clears throat> to what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. For example, if you see, you're going about your day, but you see an animal on the side of the road in trouble. You see you're walking or you're whatever you're doing. You see an animal, a dog that looks lost. You you become proactive. You don't say your attitude is one of, oh, well, somebody will help that animal. Yeah. No, you stop. You get out of your car. You make a difference. Right. If you see a child, this happens to me a fair bit. If I'm There's a tiny little man-made lake around where I live, and children gather there, but there are ducks and geese. And I'll see children, and maybe I'll see a group of young boys. They don't know any better, and they'll start to throw rocks at the oh. geese, ducks or whatever, thinking it's cute, funny. <laughs> Do I do nothing no, or do I not. pause and go over to the boys, not, not in any stern way, but I sit with them for five minutes and I explain that, uh, uh, you know, I tell a story about a duck and that that's a life and, and I educate. These are simple things. They're things that show up every day in our life. And when we have that attitude of I am here to serve, um, Basically, they're the simple things. If we all got up in the morning and said, if I don't, you know, I can't save all the elephants, we, none of us would get up. I wouldn't get up. It's true. Absolutely true. You I, know, I and think... let me just say something that St. Francis said that sums it all up for me. Okay, you know, we are here to serve in whatever way comes to us every day when we get up and see the sunrise. And St. Francis said, remember, when you leave this earth, you take with you nothing that you have received, only what you have given. Mm. And that is a heart enriched by honest service, love, sacrifice, and courage. And I promise you, if you show up every day, you will be given opportunities to serve. When you seek Buddha, Buddha appears. And when yes. you seek to serve, opportunities will present themselves to you. I, I have, I've had to whittle it down to something very, very similar, which is I can't save everything. But when it is put in my path, when it is visually put in my path, I know that it's there for a reason and I must act. I must. And I am there and, and I cannot and, and do and otherwise. And I, I'm yes. there and I cannot do otherwise. Absolutely. Linda, we, we could go on and on and on. Will you come back on the show? Yes, I'd be delighted. I would, we yes. would so love to have you because, again, 
so much more in-depth can we get, but we've, I think we've covered a lot today, and I think we've given people a lot to think about. Uh, official, yes. well, official. Can I just remind people of one thing? Please. That if you go to my website, speaking of all these uh, stories and, and, and animals leaving us and grief and death of our beloved companion animals, I have a um, something there called The Unexplained Powers of Animals, where yeah. I ask people to send in their stories. And a huge percentage of the stories that people send in are about animals that come to them after the animals cross and, and uh communicate. So anything you want to send me, I would love to have it Absolutely. in a huge database. Wonderful. Um, her Twitter handle is at Dr. Linda Bender. Facebook page, Dr. Linda Bender. Um, you can access both the Facebook and the Twitter from her website, which is www.lindabender.org. Go get the book, Animal Wisdom, Learning from the Spiritual Lives of Animals. Thank you so much. We will have you on again. It's been just a joy talking to you, and uh, we are all Thank on this you. show. Hopefully, we are of like minds, and hopefully we are, we are creating like minds out there. Um, uh, Andrea, I love you so much, and, uh, and I, I, don't be surprised if Bubba, comes, if Bubba just shows up. Just shows up. Totally. You, might, you, you might not, you won't, you won't, might not, might not recognize him, but you'll feel him. I know you yeah. will, baby. Or ask in a dream. Oh. Um, sometimes asking before you go to bed in a dream to come in a dream. Oh, that's oh, that's excellent. That's a fortunate. Fortunate. Yeah. All mine. All mine. All my five. My five. My two cats. My three dogs. They're all very healthy right now. So I, I'm. I can. I can dream about other things. But believe me, I will do that. I wanna. I'm yeah. closing out the show with once again a a shout out to Nina Gourmet Chocolates. Amazing. All natural. No dairy. Vegan. They've got they've got uh, bars with uh, just chocolate bars with no nuts, no seeds. If you if you don't want to go that way, they've got raw chocolate bars. Go on to ninagourmet.com and uh, uh, you know with the the, the code of Animal Twenty, and you will get twenty percent off of your order. And trust me, you want to do this. There are no other chocolates like this on the planet. Trust me. So do it, go, buy, eat, enjoy. And this is something you, you can do to not make you feel good, and it will be good for you. So there is that. Thank you, Nina, for coming on board. We appreciate it. Um, listeners, an amazing show with Dr. Linda Bender. We will have her on again. Uh, join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Animal Magnetism. I want to thank my, my co-host and producer, Tony Sweet. I want to thank I, my and Andrea Compton, but I happen to be looking at Tony, who is also one of my producers and the man, the handsomest man in radio. Thank you for running the board. Uh, I may give you another piece of chocolate on the way out. I may not. That's just kind of that's how that's how much I love this. Um, join us again in two weeks, listeners, and remember: always attempt to cultivate the preservationist heart. Bye. Something tells me it's all happening at the I do believe it, I do believe it's true The monkeys stand for honesty, giraffes are insincere And the elephants are kindly, but they're dumb Orangutans are skeptical of changes in their cages And the zookeeper is very fond of rum Zebras are reactionaries and don't know some